Le seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host Ed, and on today's show, I'm joined by Matt, Kose, et Guillaume. Guys, before we dive into our topic, let's just go around the room and uh, check in on how everyone's doing. Let's check in on Kose in St. Louis. How are things on your end? Uh, thank you. I'm really, really happy to be here again with uh, the the most trustworthy cast that I know. <laughs> Good to hear. Yeah, it. <laughs> and then we've got Guillaume over there in the Bay Area. How are things on your end? Oh, good. Spring is coming back. Yeah, there That's you good. go. Thanks for sending some of that warm weather my way. We were over 60 for the first time since like last October here in Utah. So thank you for that. And then we've got Matt over in the UK, not Scotland. I keep reminding myself, two different countries. But how are things over there? <laughs> it's good that the, uh, the geography lessons are paying off, Ed. But yeah, everything's fine here in England, uh, south of the Scottish border. Uh, we are, we are. All, all good. So uh, the last time we recorded uh, was after the Barcelona win. We all remember that. But since then, we've had the three matches. We had that 2-0 loss to Monaco, which was, I don't even know how you explain that, maybe just coming off the high of the Barcelona win. Um, and then you had the 4-0 win over Dijon. Great. And then the 1-0 kind of squeaking by Bordeaux uh, on the road there. So we could talk about all three of those games. You guys can talk about them individually if you saw anything you want to highlight. But the, the main question I want you guys to address is, you know, Mauricio Pochettino had to make several changes. He had to rotate his squad quite a bit due to injuries and suspensions. But we're in the second place now in Ligue 1, and we're only two points behind Lille. So I, I'm curious, how confident are you that Pochettino can lead PSG to the Ligue 1 title with Lille playing so well and teams like Marseille just, you know, just letting them score at the last minute so they can maintain their lead over us. So we can start with Matt. Uh, take any of those questions how you, how, in any order you want. Uh, yeah, Marseille. Bloody Marseille. You can't rely on them to do anything, can you? Like, poor old Steve Mondander there. He looked so sad when that goal went in. I do. It's one of my favourite sites in football, I've got to say. Sad Mondander picking the ball out of the back of the net, just sitting there looking... Uh, anyway, um, I think that we can quite easily win the league. Uh, I'm... I wouldn't say I'm confident uh, because I've always had Leon as the favourites for this season uh, purely because they don't have anything else to do. Like they can just literally Saturday to Saturday focus on Liga. I think they've got a really good squad. Uh, they've got a manager who knows how to win the league. Obviously, he's done it before. And um, so I would still have them as favourites, actually. Um, I think that Lille will come up a bit short. But I think like it could easily be us. I think it just depends on the injuries and also how focused we are and how deep we go in the Champions League. But, um, I mean, I saw some sort of fairly, uh, quite a lot of people getting quite carried away after the Monaco game saying, oh, we might not make the top three, we might not make the top three. And I, I find Miss it out on Champions League, that. potentially. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know like that there's four teams going probably for three places, but I've, you've got to put the chance of us coming in the top three very, very high. And I think, yeah, I think um, there's no reason we can't win the league and I'm sort of, reasonably confident that we will even though i've as i say i think if i had to pick i'd say i think leon would like you to do it um 
I don't remember what the what was the first part of your question. Was that it or that that was it? I mean, in, in if you want to address anything in the games that you've seen, I mean the oh uh, yeah the game show yeah the Bordeaux game I mean, is difficult just because the, all of our stars really weren't there. Yeah, I mean I was quite happy with that one. Okay. Uh, I certainly for the first half I thought that was actually pretty good considering the team we had out. I thought it was really quite a punchy performance. You can really see the Poch influence even with the sort of B team out as it were. I thought that some of the players who you wouldn't put in the first choice 11 really sort of state their claims. Rabbit was really lively, not just talking about the goal, just in his general play. Rafinha in the last two games actually has been very good, continues to pleasantly surprise me. I thought Danilo was quite good as well on um, yeah, for, Wednesday night. Yeah, I yeah. thought he's, he seems to be getting up to speed. So mm-hmm. a lot of positives to take from that one. And I think to get sort of, we probably played well for the first half, didn't we? And then the second half was a bit of a grind, but... I think that's, you know, given the situation, given the amount of games and the amount of injuries, I think that's probably the most you can expect just to sort of some good play and to get the results. So, yeah, generally, I was quite happy with that one. Um, I mean, my memory isn't very good, so I'll let the guys talk about the other games because, uh, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. things just go out of my head straight away. But, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm at the moment reasonably content with the direction we're heading in and happy that Poch is kind of having an impact in a relatively short space of time. Guillaume, hopefully your memory's a little bit better. Uh, what do you do with that yeah. Monaco win? Do you just kind of like throw that one away? That's kind of like you just on such a high from Barcelona and okay, whatever, we threw that game away. And then if you want to talk about some of the games and in, in particular, what is your confidence level in, in PSG winning the league this season? It's the toughest season uh, in ages. I mean, Monaco always give us, a, not always, but often give us a lot of trouble. They're really motivated and they nailed the tactics. They, they look at what we had and who was missing. And they really, really, really nailed the tactics against us. I mean, they, they were playing a narrow block, sliding the width of the, of the field and, and took their chances. It was hard to watch because uh, physically, I think what we, we can what we can understand is that you know we're not there physically yet. We can make that huge effort in the Champions League game, but then we're gonna pay afterwards because physically the group is not there yet. Is that worrisome? Yes and no. I'd rather have the group at hundred uh, percent physical capacity after Barca. I don't want to jinx the return game because you know, we don't want to. No. But if the team gets back to a homogeneous physical level after the Barca hurdle for spring, yeah, we can be optimistic again. Um, Neymar may be back for the Barca game. Hopefully he doesn't injure himself again and going to have a nice end of season. Mbappe is back to almost his prime. Icardi is like this because physically it's going to take him a little bit more. And our bench has been, you know, we haven't, the Bordeaux game wasn't a great game. The second half was kind of difficult. But the B team, like Matt said, did its job. Three points, gorgeous Sarabia goal, good for Sarabia. Danilo, Danilo is great against a physical midfield. And we, we needed him for this game, and he delivered. It was interesting. Rafinha was super interesting, even if he loses balls way too easily. But, oh, my God, 
Sometimes you think, you know, it's Verratti. He's really good. The, is his third or fourth assist? He's very interesting. It's great to have him in a rotation. So the Pochettino impact, though, maybe a little bit. Um, he still has not had his full starting lineup. Mm. As to Shell, done it in uh, 2020, 2021. I'm not even sure. 2020, yes. 2021. Uh, um, well, Tuchel wasn't in 2021. Um, Against uh, Bayern Munich, we kind of had our starting lineup, except Bernard, but with you know Neymar and Mbappe not at hundred um, percent. So we haven't seen the starting lineup at hundred percent physically play yet. There's always someone missing, one or two players, and it's last lasting and lasting and lasting. Hopefully, hopefully soon. Then if we have a full team at a decent uh, level with that great coach and all the experience we acquired, yeah, we can be positive. Okay. I'm, mild, I'm mildly positive because, uh, again, the team is, seems to be like this. And that's the, the case, uh, you know, for years. It seems like every manager has never had the full squad. It's just kind of part of the gig. You know, you're never going to have your full squad. Uh, Kose, I want you to, to touch on the same questions that I've asked the other guys, but... Um, you know, looking at the schedule after the, the Barcelona match, you know, you've got Nantes at home and then you've got the, the back-to-back games against Lyon and Lille. I mean, in the QSI era, could you argue that this is probably the two biggest games? I mean, if you win those two, you're probably going to win the league. If you lose those, you could maybe finish third or worse, maybe, depending on what Monaco does. So, you know, how big are, are those two games right there? Um and also, how confident are you in Pochettino right now that he could get the job done domestically? I mean, let's set aside the Champions League for a second. We'll talk about that later. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and I agree with most of what has been said uh, so far. Um, I think that, you know, it's it's the Monaco game. If you look at the results, uh, if you look at the results of the other league champions or people who are performing in the Champions League, um, the match day after... The Champions League match, they they all tied or they all lost. Um, you know, Liverpool, Chelsea, all of the all of these teams. So, I think the Monaco game was just that. You know, Monaco's a good team, and they they caught us coming off of the the pressure of an international competition. Um, and then it was good to beat Dijon and Bordeaux, even though they haven't been really doing amazing things in their respective seasons. Uh, but you know, three points is three points, um, and I think that it really does set us up because. It will definitely get harder the longer the season, the longer the season goes. The longer that we remain close with the other teams, it's gonna get, get harder for us because we are hoping to go far in the Champions League. We are hoping to go far in the Coupe de France. We're gonna have to manage all of those different games, all of those different um, physical pressures on the players that Lille is not gonna have to because they already were dumped out of Europa League just just now. And just like Matthew said, which I totally agree, Leon are not having that pressure of having to play multiple um, competitions other than just focusing really on the league. So because of that, they have that that advantage that their teams, which we know are good squads, are going to have the physical advantage the longer the season goes. So winning those two games is critical if we want to be able to give us at least some breathing room after that 
to to try and to try and vie for a title. Absolutely, and uh, it's gonna be tight. It's, it's gonna be tight. It's gonna be close. And I mentioned March twenty first. It's um, away at Leon, and then April fourth. Um, home against Lille, two massive games uh, to decide Oof. who will win league on. Um, the month. Yeah, exactly. And so, I, but real quick before we go to the next topic, I want to check in with our uh, Premier League correspondent Matt for a uh, Thomas Tuchel check in at Chelsea. How's he doing up there? Uh, yeah. Pretty well today. <laughs> yeah, eh? yeah, he did pretty well tonight. Yeah, I was going to say he's um, everything on Liverpool's pain. So um, yeah, no, doing pretty good. Uh, uh, everybody seems to be quite happy. I mean, he didn't. I'm not a fan of Frank Lampard, to be honest. So I think he didn't have the toughest act to follow, but he seems to be having having a nice impact, getting Timo Werner, doing some good stuff up front. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's doing all right. He's, uh, I think everybody's um, everybody's on the two-shell train over here now. So yeah. Well, I mean, they won at Liverpool. Uh, yeah. When was the last time they did Yeah, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. It's a big, big, big result. Did we did we hire Pochettino too soon? Should we just wait until Klopp gets fired at Liverpool? Should we have waited? <laughs> the way it's going, uh, that might not be too far away. But um, it's sort of like very reminiscent of his time at Dortmund, isn't it? It all went very wrong very quickly there as well. But um, I think I'm quite happy with our with our hire as yeah. as far as I'm concerned. He's one of ours. We'll take him. All right, let's get to the topic. Everyone wants to talk about Neymar, Barcelona, all that stuff. And people say they want to hear League on Talk, but I, I bet you, you know, just based off the clicks on the site, people only care about Neymar and Barcelona. So let's just talk about it right now. Um, it, it's pretty controversial. Me and a couple of PSG fans are going back and forth about this in terms of like whether Neymar should play against Barcelona. He was in training. You can visit PSGTalk.com. You can see we have that video on the homepage. But guys, if he's not 100%, should he be risked at all in terms of like not even just starting, but should he even be on the bench? Um, just given that it's Barcelona, should we just sit him there so that they can see him and like, we're going to beat you and we took your best player or second best, whatever, Messi. Um, you know, what, what do you think should be done with Neymar? It, it seems like he might be able to play. They're confident, but would you risk him with a 4-1 lead? Um, we can go back around. We'll do like a snake draft. We'll start with Kosei this time. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think that he should definitely be kept in mind as an option, you know? Um, we know Barcelona's coming back from, you know, turning an adverse score in the Copa del Rey against a very, very good Sevilla, which I will say it was more of Sevilla shooting themselves in the foot than it was Barcelona really doing anything amazing. But it really does... Then Yeah, it really does show us what the danger is here and the waters that we're navigating right now is not the danger of a team performing incredibly and then coming to the Pacte de France and beating us. It's more about us and our mental capability to handle the pressure and handle the game uh, and just see out the result. You know, we have more than a 2-0 lead, uh, which is what Sevilla had. Um, also, if Sevilla has been crumbling, like they lost in the Champions League, they got, you know, their tight turnaround on them in the Copa del Rey, they lost in the Liga too. So they're already in bad form, which I think also speaks to the fact that Barca didn't didn't do anything heroic to, to turn that tie around. But... Um, I do think that we need to be we need to be solidly like defensively and mentally solid, just see out the game, manage the result, and definitely keep Neymar as an option. Like I don't think he should even do anything regarding Brest, but he should be maybe kept as an option in case you know things start going a little south in the game, you know, because just the amount of 
power and just the amount of inspiration mm -hmm. that it gives you as a player to see Neymar come on the field and play with you and, you know, come in at the 55th or 60th minute if we're one or two down, I think definitely gets us a goal and we, we, we can see other results. Yeah, I mean, Guillaume, how, I mean, what are your thoughts regarding Neymar? Would you play him? Yeah, would you, you you would start him even if he's ninety percent. No, 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 from the bench. Okay, like like Jose said, um, we can be relatively confident. Di Maria is is coming back. He's probably going to be able to play against Brest, so he'll have a little bit of, of match hours in his legs. Um, Icardi, Keane uh, doesn't is clear from Corona now. It's going to resume training. Verratti as a boo-boo, as usual, but it doesn't seem to be, you know. Um, so Neymar is going to want to play. He's not going to start. He can't start. But if Di Maria can be up front and Neymar coming from the bench, sure. Um, Barca, they're not going to be as bad as the first leg. They have nothing to lose. So they may not have the pressure, you know. And, it's going to be an interesting game. The team's going to have to reset the clock, let nothing happen, and, and play this game. It'd be interesting to say if we can do that again, if we can like have that level of play, because my, it's been a mess, isn't it? Like We don't get a good sense of the team because they're up and down. It's never the same lineup. It's going heavy on our nerves a little bit. So it'd, yeah. it'd be nice to have a solid, solid total performance against Barca and keep Neymar on the bench is something certain, you know, bad happens and then yeah if he comes in well I mean Matt pick up on that point Neymar pushed his way so he could play against Khan in the um, French Cup and that's where he got injured so I mean if he could play in that game couldn't you argue that even if he's not 100% he should play in arguably the biggest game of the season against Barcelona yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of what the guys have said. I think um, if he is available, if he's even a bit fit, first of all, I think he'll definitely play because he'll want to play. PSG will want him to play. So I think that's likely to happen. Whether it's the best thing or not, I don't know. I'm a little bit... Uh, but I would, if it was me and uh, I had the balls to stand up to Neymar, I'd just put him on the bench, I think. And so he's there as a sort of psychological deterrent for Barcelona. Uh, because you know that's yeah, yeah, having Neymar sitting on the bench watching on is, is likely to put a bit of pressure on them uh, but I don't think I would start him if it was up to me because I just think it's too much of a risk and I think while well, all that stuff is true and I'm a little bit nervous as well about basically we had that amazing performance against Barcelona and since then we haven't seen anything like the same lineup in any of the games have we so uh, I don't think we've really seen Verratti since then either which is a little bit you know, it's a bit of a lottery what sort of shape he'll be in. And you add all those things together and it does start to make you a little bit nervous. But I think even, I think if we take our sort of PSG tinted spectacles off, I think the likelihood is that we will win and we will go through quite comfortably. That is, that is the most likely result. So there's no point taking too many risks with Neymar, but I, it would be nice to see him in the squad and to have him on the bench as an option in case it's going badly wrong. Or indeed, if we're sort of cruising in the last few minutes to get him on there to rub some salt into the wounds of those uh yes. those poor barcelona chaps i always love to do that um <laughs> it does make you wonder against breast um on march 6 if how much neymar plays you know if he comes in and does well and plays i don't know 30 minutes 45 minutes whatever 
that would set him up really nicely to play against Barcelona. Um, so I think that game is, is key. I don't think you could sit him out of that game and then just bring him fresh, you know, from not playing in a couple weeks yeah. against Barcelona. So that'll be the test. Um, I shared this in our Discord, and it brings up uh, to our next topic. And, um, Kose, you kind of hinted at it, but it was Grant Wall, a former Sports Illustrated writer. Um, he said, having completed the comeback against Sevilla, Barcelona would basically end PSG if they could do it again in the Champions League. And so with that in mind, you had Barcelona coming back against Sevilla in the Copa del Rey. They, they were down 2-0, so not quite the deficit um, that they face against PSG. But are you starting to worry? We, we've all kind of hinted it, but let's just let's just get into it right now. Are you starting to worry that they could actually turn this thing around and they, it would end PSG. Like, I would have to shut down the website. I, it, it would no longer exist. If, if it happens again, guys, I'm out. I can't. I'm done. Um, we can start with you, Matt. Um, I, I, I mean, I think that, yeah, it's happened twice. It can happen again. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, you, PSG's always been a bit of a banter club. Like, even Guillaume will attest to this, even before the Qataris were... Uh, even before the Qataris came in, they always had the propensity to do something stupid. So I would never completely rule it out. However, I, I don't know. I was really confident for the Man United one because, like, I was like, "Oh, Man United aren't very good. We'll see this out quite comfortably." Uh, but I, I'm a little bit nervous for the reasons which I've just said. But I think realistically, as long as as long as we don't like see the cold, every time I say something, every time I say something, I'm like. This could easily happen if we don't concede a goal in like the first minute again, like we did last time. I think we'll see it out pretty comfortably. If we can get through like the first twenty yeah. minutes and it's still nil nil, well, you brought up Manchester win. United. I felt more confident about that game because they were playing with like twelve year olds. They were like, yeah, they had already given <laughs> thrown in the towel and they came into our house and beat us. Yeah. So it's like I felt more confident about that than I do against this team. And Barcelona just proved against a pretty decent Sevilla side that they're capable of it. So it's like I'm really nervous. I'm nervous about this. We should be a bit nervous. Go ahead, I mean, Ian, take it. Oh, we don't want to jinx anything, isn't it? But let's remember how the remontada happened. 90,000 people, 100,000 people. Very strange reframing. I mean, very, very, very strange reframing. Every 50-50, every single 50-50 call in favor of Barca. Um, even a clear penalty uh, on, on Di Maria, not called. That was not even a 50-50 call. So. Anyway, the stars were aligned. Can they realign for this? Mm, no. I mean, they can score. They can score two goals. If they are in, having a great night, they can score maybe three goals. But they're going to score two. Or they must, must be, the Barca fans must be happy. Piquet is, is out for this game. So who, who do they have now in central defense to replace him? We should be, it's going to be tough. You know, it's Barca and they, uh, they can be very, very dangerous. Yeah, to say the well, least. I, I don't think I don't think you're gonna have to shut down the website. I think okay. we're gonna do. I really don't want to have to do that, but I mean, it's one thing yeah. to lose the Manchester United. Their their fans are one thing, but like Barcelona fans are just relentless. Like, I can't handle it if we lose another 
big lead like this in the Champions League. Kose, what do you think? I think it's all in our hands. You know, I think it's all in our hands. Um, because we have a sizable lead. We are playing at home. We just need to be concentrated and see the result. I think that that is definitely something that we can do. And I 100% agree with Ian that if you look at how things went down the last time that we met, um, a lot of decisions went against us and very, very specific things happened. Like how, how many games really statistically do you see that there are two penalties in just a single game? So just because of that, I feel like it would be unlikely for this situation to really go south. Now, having said that, um, I do think that Barcelona, you know, they have nothing to lose. They have quality in their team. They, they right, exactly. They have Messi. They, they, they have a, they have a, a fantastic team. So they have Griezmann, they have Dembele. Right, like we're gonna have to weather, like be sh- be certain that we're gonna have to weather their team, and we're gonna have to. I wanna, I want us to show, I want us to show the level of responsibility and 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 lightheadedness to play as Juventus did after they, after they, after they destroyed uh, Barca on the first leg, and Barca wanted to pull a comeback on them, and then they just absolutely completely locked them out. And I don't even think they even tried to score that game, but they, it was like they didn't even get close to the goal. And you know, we just, we have to weather the storm. We have to suffer without conceding, get out of the first 20, 25 minutes without without letting them score a goal. And, you know, eventually they're, they're a team that gets tired quickly. So if you push them, they're going to start breaking. And you saw what happened last time. The second half was a disaster. So it's it, you just have to you, you have to hold them off. That's yeah. all it is. Should be doable. Should, yeah. should be doable. Let's not, let's think, not worry too, too. I think... I think you can assume that they'll give us chances as well because they've got to come out and um, they've got to come out and go for it, haven't they? Basically, so that's going to leave. I mean, as Coach just said, there was a lot of space in the first leg already, and there's going to be more space. And hopefully, Mbappe is going to have a lovely time. And uh, next week, we'll all, or whenever it is, we'll all be sitting here, sort of uh, wondering what we were worrying about, sort of thing. But, <laughs> what's the uh, yeah, What's the COVID hopefully. situation in, in Paris right now? We remember last time for the big game uh, in the Champions League, that fans lighting flares and it created this awesome out- atmosphere outside the park. Is that are we going to be able to have the same thing, or will I think people still be arrested un- now? I think they're still under curfew, aren't they? Certainly, my in-laws have to uh, produce a piece of paper every time they leave the house if they get stopped to show that they're allowed to be out. So I suspect the ultras, unless they fancy a sort of bout of Collective rule breaking, which is not <laughs> not not completely out See, of the question. This is why they need to play this game in Texas here. Texas, no mask, <laughs> do yeah. whatever you want in Florida. <laughs> yeah, everyone would just be in the stadium, wouldn't they, in yeah. Texas? So uh, David yeah, Beckham's got a stadium in Miami. Just come on over, play the game yeah. here. Yeah, great um, idea. Great idea. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, there's a, I think there's a PSG fan club down there. Uh, in hey, Miami. I'll go see it. Yeah, there you go. I'd go. I travel. <laughs> I'm supposed to get a vaccine uh, this Friday, so oh, congratulations! Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous about it. Um, let's keep it moving. So about this game, I saw Leprisian uh, reported that likely starting lineup for PSG against Barcelona is going to be obviously Navas in goal, Florenzi, Marquinhos, Kimpembe, Kurzawa, uh, Idrissa Gay, and Paredes in midfield, and then you had Di Maria, maybe Rafinha, Rarati, Mbappe, Cardi. Anything that you would? Any names there that? you think or what formation would you go with i think to a lot of your points 
I think it's crucial that PSG score early and just kind of like any thought that Barcelona might have that they could come back, you just got to squash that. Um, so if you guys want to just talk about the lineup, is there any formation or player that you especially want to see? I feel like the midfield is, is the big question who you play there. Um, we can start. Let's start. We haven't started with Guillaume. Let's go with him. So Gay was uh, very interesting against Bordeaux. Uh, he performed the whole game, which we haven't seen him do in a long time. So that means he's probably in good form. So Paredes Gay Verratti is our best midfield. And, you know, we have depth. Nobody's really injured. Uh, they're all coming back from injury. Uh, Bernat is training, but he's not going to play Champions League. What a shame. What a shame. Uh, it worked the first time. What, how different Barca is going to play? What are they going to do? They're going to play with Dembele because they don't have anyone better. They're going to play with Griezmann. They're going to play with Messi. It's more their level of performance, but tactics-wise, tactics, tactics wise, it, it worked great the first time. Um, if we start the same lineup, uh, knowing that Di Maria will be probably replacing Keane, or if he can't, he'll be on the bench. So we can have Neymar and Di Maria on the bench. Okay. Uh, the midfield, Herrera has been interesting and very polyvalent, the way, you know, the, exactly what we need of him. Not fantastic, but solid. Um, he was great against Barcelona. You gotta have Paredes. I thought he was really you good. Gotta have, yeah. You gotta have Paredes. And, and it worked, uh, Paradis Verratti, as a double platform launcher, you know. Uh, so, why change? Why change? And then you keep your options on the bench. Yeah. And there's plenty of options, plenty of options, right? Bring on fresh legs, Neymar. Uh, Kose, what do you think? Don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Kind of, kind of feeling for you? Yeah, I do kind of agree mostly with what Guillaume said. Um, I think that you know, it's kind of more for, more forgivable to have a shorter midfield, as in shorter people working that midfield, when you go at a team against Barcelona because you're not going to be so outmatched physically as we sometimes are in some other Champions League games or in the league. Um, so I think you could get away with, you know, starting what we started last time. Um, I obviously would love to see Verratti in there. Um, I would keep Di Maria far away from the field as possible. Um, probably like he would uh, be the here, fifth here substitution. Here like <laughs> half an hour in propaganda like begins. Yeah, because he never shows up. Never shows up in big games. Never. When we're when we're already three up, when we're already three up, and we've already made four substitutions, then he can come in. But then until then, I will take probably anything else because. Also, I'll let I'll remind everyone here that he started the game against Barcelona, and he also started the game against uh, Man uh, United. So you know, why 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 tempt luck? Why tempt luck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he well, can be in yeah. the bench. Matt, what what do you think in terms of starting lineup? I mean, we'd love to have keen but who knows with his his covid tests if he'll be ready to go hopefully you would think but you never know with that sort of thing um any other changes um, i think yeah i don't know i hadn't thought of the Di Maria cursed angle before which is uh something i'm going to be worrying about now as well so thanks for that uh kose another thing to add to the uh add to the list of neuroses um uh i think like 
the thing which I'd be concerned about is the Verratti situation, just because we've seen in the past when he's come back. And I was really worried about this for the first leg as well, that he'd play him and he basically would be on one leg and he wouldn't be moving like he can and he wouldn't be the um, the full Verratti, as it were. And uh, I think when that happens, we're always at a bit of a disadvantage. So I would say his fitness pending... Um, I would consider starting with Rafinha and keeping him on the bench for emergencies as well, similar to Neymar. But if he can, obviously, if he's uh, if he's able to, then you would like to have him in the side. And I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I, in terms of uh, keen spot, I wonder if um, if Sarabia in the last couple of games has played his way into contention because you know you'll get a shift out of him. You don't get he's not going to give you the qualities which Keane gives you, but he does offer something a bit different, and obviously. Uh, you know, he. Um, we saw against uh, against Bordeaux what he can do not only with his uh, with his goal, but also with his passing. And so, I think maybe he's in in contention for that sort of spot in the in the free, as it were. So we definitely it's nice to have some some good options for once, rather than sort of scratching around uh, for for anyone who's in a little bit of form. So. Uh, but I trust Poch to uh, to get the right combination, hopefully. Yeah, Sarabia's goal was nice against Bordeaux. It was a nice little run across the box. Yeah. And, you and know, sort of using... Yeah, very clean. Two, yeah, and the sort of two-footedness of it, yeah. where he took it... I think he took it on his left in the end, or the vice versa, took it on his right and then set himself and pinged it back across. It was really a really nice little goal. Um, just on uh, just on Burnett quickly, mm-hmm. I feel like we should mention his birthday cake. I don't know if any of you guys saw this. Uh, that. This is my like favourite... Us- yeah, so it was Bernat's birthday on maybe on Monday. I can't remember what day it was, but basically his birthday cake was enormous. I was like, man, I hope you're not eating all that yourself because uh, look it up, Ed. It's on Instagram. Um, it, was, it was about the size of my kitchen table. I'm not even joking. Uh, and I was like, well, you're a lucky man, Bernat. I would like that cake. Anyway, happy I, birthday. I've got it pulled up right now. So first of all, we have to talk about his decor. I'm assuming this is at his house. <laughs> yes, he's got yes. this like... It looks like he's in a museum, doesn't it? It does look like he's in a museum. He's got this... I'm not an art person, but like Venus, like the sculpture. It's yeah. like some kind of naked yeah, woman like on Venus a pedestal. Tomato, yeah, yeah um, on a pedestal. It's all white. He's sitting at a table and this cake is absolutely massive. It's like if you put two footballs next to each other, that's how white yeah. it would be. It's covered yeah. in strawberries he's yeah, got the <laughs> 28 got on the top yeah, yeah lots of fruit i don't know that yeah. I, I don't know if i'd like that maybe it's too much fruit yeah yeah i i'm a chocolate man as well obviously but i'm not a finely toned athlete so uh, maybe it's just a big pile of fruit which has been made to look like a cake let's hope it's that because otherwise he might be a few extra weeks away from uh, getting back on the pitch yeah that's all you gotta run a lot of that off but i will see i'm looking at the comments hesse rodriguez uh yes. gave a bunch of these little things uh emojis so a lot of people chiming in good he's gonna yeah, have a huge um sugar rush there are some really good there's some really good soccer players commenting here yeah tony lato mark bartra juanmi <laughs> this is like la liga reunion <laughs> <laughs> Every, everyone loves burnout in yeah. any country except bayern munich's uh yeah whatever those losers <laughs> He, hate, he actually hates Burnout. Um, yeah. I was just looking at it. We were talking about Sarabia. I was looking at his uh, Instagram to see. He, he's like a, a tourist. Like He just goes around to all the sites in Paris and in the surrounding area. But he hasn't posted any sightseeing pictures lately. I guess it's, you know, with the pandemic and all. He can't really go out. But uh, all right, we'll get off of looking at players' Instagrams here for a minute. Um, give me a prediction. We can go around. Kose, we'll start with you uh, for this game against Barcelona. 
Um, I know we do have, you know, a match coming up we got to worry about, but um, who knows if we'll be able to record before the Barcelona game. So are you feeling good about it? Give me a score. So um, am, I pre- am I predicting or am I manifesting? <laughs> <laughs> Whichever you like. Um, I think I am going to go with a 2-2. Two to two. And we go through. It's a tough match. We pull off some punches. They pull some punches. We're a little nervous, so we concede. They're not that good, so they concede, and it ends up in a 2 2. All right. And then, Matt, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go for a 2 1 PSG win. I'm going to go for Barcelona scoring first to make us really properly on edge, but then uh, they can't do anything else, and we sort of come back in the second half. Maybe a late goal to win it. Maybe name off the bench just for the lulls. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I reckon we'll win it and uh, obviously through and on into the next round. Yeah. And then Guillaume, how about you? Go say 3 1 PSG. Oh, thank God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what yeah. do you think, Ed? I don't know. I feel like I should say Barcelona's going to win this one. Say it. I think they'll win the game, but we'll still advance. Whatever scoreline that, that happens. But I, I think, yeah, maybe 2 1 Barcelona. I think maybe they'll win the game, but we'll still advance. So they'll make us sweat. It's never easy when it comes to are PSG. You, are you trying to make friends with the Barcelona fans on Twitter again? I uh, please don't make me have to shut down the website. Like I, I think I may have to do that. You know, if if it happens, like yeah, it's it's just a problem. Um, let me. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Tuchel was talking a lot. Of, he's been talking a lot about like things um, that he wanted to do when he was at PSG. Um, what was the striker? He said that he he tried to sign. Who was it? Suarez, maybe. Suarez. Yeah. Suarez. So he's yeah. been he's been. I mean, what is your feelings about that? Like he was talking about how he was just so devastated after the loss to Manchester United. Does it bother you? Like he's at a new team. Does it bother you? Maybe not about like he was devastated against the Manchester United loss because we kind of knew that. But like, does it bother you that he's like, yeah, we tried to sign him where I wanted to. You know, it's like I don't know. I don't really like it. But what do you guys think? Uh, Guillaume, do you have any thoughts on it? No, no, I moved on. You've moved on. You don't care. He can talk as much. I don't care. He can say whatever he wants. He's no longer <laughs> the coach. It's it's push time. And it seems I kind of like, like sour grapes though, because he was him and Leonardo were always butting heads about transfers. Well, he, got, he got fired two days before Christmas, or the day before Christmas. So I'd be a bit sour grape too, you know. It's like he can enjoy his on. holiday. He'd be like, great. I got a nice sure, couple million sure dollars they, off for the uh, holidays. He's a, a megalomaniac coach. You can tell, you know. And, mm. Bush is um he's not he's he's got probably the right approach okay. with powers that be at at, at PSG as to shell is it's a lot about him it's a lot about him too it's a, he's an interesting guy but um no you can say whatever you want Kose does it bother you at all that he's talking about things he wanted to do as manager as PSG how he's been fired does it bother you at all or am I the only petty one. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I agree with Guillaume that it's like, honestly, it's not even relevant. But I will say that I do think that if you look at Thomas Tuchel's record, we know he's a fabulous coach. But everywhere he goes, he ends up like even the 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 person who's in charge of opening the door at the footballing complex gets in a fight with Thomas Tuchel. Like he goes out of clubs fighting with absolutely everyone, everyone. He can never construct it's as much his limitations as a coach is nothing tactical. It's completely at a personal level, completely at a personal level. So I think that that and, and I mean he he has limitations as any coach, but 
he, you know, he, that those are his main downfalls, I think. And and Poch is completely the opposite. You know, he is a person who knows how to handle the media and handle the press and handle players and handle, um, you know, anyone who he needs to handle. So it's honestly really reassuring to have a coach that you know is always gonna is always gonna do the the right thing, quote unquote, and it's just you know more level headed and like Guillaume said, doesn't make it all about him. Oh, Matt, am I all by myself and thinking this is kind of like, it's just weird that you're talking about your old team when you have a new job and players you tried to sign or whatever. I just think it's weird, but it's good for the tabloids, it, it, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit weird. It's a bit like sort of talking about your ex and all. Like, oh, I never really liked her that much anyway, you know. It's a bit like that. Uh, yeah. Um, but also, I mean, first of all, what's he complained about? He got Chupo. Like, what better striker could you want? Like, oh, I want Suarez. Well, but you got Chupo. Like, what? I mean... Chupo, we're doing like, great yeah exactly he's doing it's good music now he's like this sort of, like the he's like, like the elite sub striker for hire these days like we wouldn't so, have gotten to the champions league final without him yeah exactly what well, man um also it's sort of it's a bit arsene wenger isn't it because arsene wenger like every time he speaks to me he's like oh yeah i nearly signed like ronaldo i nearly signed messi i nearly signed latin blah blah it's like well we don't care mate um i I, uh, yeah, I don't, he can say what he likes, can't he? It's a bit weird, but, you know, if that keeps him happy and, like you say, gives the tabloids over here something to talk about, then fair enough. Uh, but it doesn't really bother me, to be honest. Before we get well, out of here, oh, go ahead. Was, one one game every four days. Yeah. Uh, March 6th, Brest PSG, March 10th, PSG Barcelona, and then March 14th, PSG Nantes. Then a week off. Ooh, and then Lyon PSG, PSG Lille, oh yo, 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 yo. A week off. So March 21st, March 21st is Lyon PSG, and that's going to be, that's going to be a tough game. And April, April 4th, um, April 4th, uh, 4th, mm-hmm. PSG Lille. It'll be busy. It'll give us a lot Ooh. to write about, talk about, all that good stuff. Um, before we get out of here, though, I did want to give a shout out to Everton fans. I know... Everton fans are most likely listening, but I had tweeted about like whatever Everton wants, we got it for Keen, we gotta pay. Like he's just great. And the feedback that I got from them, like it was just great banter, which you don't get, especially from Barcelona fans. They were funny, they were witty, they were asking me my opinion on red wine because they think that I'm from Paris or something and That's, that's because not... they were English. Exactly. So they just assume As Barca fans are from <laughs> Whatever. Who Not knows? English. <laughs> but they they were just great. So I don't know. I I I feel close to the uh, Everton fans. So I, I now I'm going to hope that they do well in the Premier League. But uh, Matt, I mean, do you have you run into any Everton fans? Is, is this indicative of how this group of fans are? Like I just thought they were very friendly. Like I'd love to hang out with them. Well, we are friendly people over here. Ed. You mustn't get the wrong idea. Uh, uh, especially you know all over the place. So I'm trying to think if I know any Everton fans in real life. Yeah, my ex boss was an Everton fan actually. There nice, nice chap. Yeah, they're um, they're they're you know they're in all seriousness. So I think when you get the real Liverpool and real Everton fans, they are kind of really knowledgeable people and really appreciate football. So and clearly, clearly they are they are good at online banter as well. So what's not to like really? See, I, I would rate Everton higher, like their fans more than Liverpool. Like Liverpool, yeah, but it's a bit. Of, yeah. Liverpool, it's a bit of a similar thing, like what Guillaume was saying. Like they've just got fans all over the place, so you just get idiots, like uh, you know, jumping on the bandwagon sort of thing. But I think like the uh, the Scousers, typically the the real Scousers, uh, definitely know their football for sure. 
Yeah, fans of football teams that don't live in the city, they're the worst. I hate them. Um, yeah, those losers, yeah. Also, to go back to Barca fans, yeah. we've been, uh, and, and Tobias, the La Liga, you know, screaming at PSG for being state-funded. State well, it seems the European Commission is coming down hard on Barcelona and Real Madrid for thick tax status through the years. And that's a way to fund a club, um, you know, through politics and, and, and corruption. Uh, they haven't paid the taxes they were supposed to pay over and over and over and over and over. And the EU is working hard to find an amount which could be colossal. So, do you think it's going to stop Tobias, Tobias, what is his name again, and Barca fan from screaming at Paris Saint-Germain that we state-funded? No, but oh, <laughs> oh, the irony. And, and oh, how great was it that Bartomeu, their uh, former president, was arrested? I, I think he's been released since, but, you know. I mean, the hits just keep coming for them. If we could just put them out of their misery next week and just... I just want them to become a mid-table club. Oh, God, that's so beautiful. I mean, that's, that, that'd be great. Can we hope that? Can we hope a, a, a you know, dismantle of this, of this team? Um, we could possibly have another great performance and do a 4-0. And let's not forget, there was a report. Messi's looking for a place to stay in Paris. So we could put them out of the misery, send them to the middle of the La Liga table, and take Messi... Yeah. Wow. If he's coming, if, if Messi's coming, that means Mbappé's going. So. Yeah, there's always money in the banana stand, though, right? They can well, move it off these right, players. Yeah, for right now, let's just think maybe that he's coming and Mbappé's staying. Yeah. yeah, I like the way you think, Jose. Let, let's stick with that. Um, we're going to get out of here, but let's go around. We're going to do a little something different. We always share how we can find, um, you know, on Twitter or whatever. But So I want you to give me your handle and then give me – uh, a non-football movie or TV show that you're really into right now or that you thought was interesting that you want to share with people. So we'll, we'll start with Guillaume. We'll let you go first. A TV show I'm watching? Or, or a movie, been, anything that's non-football. I've, I've been binging on The Expanse, uh, oh. which, which, no, no, the first season, you're like, ah, okay. And then slowly, it builds up. And I'm a huge sci-fi fan. I mean, since I was a kid. It's good sci-fi. It's really good. Yeah, I started season four. It's really good. So I how, how can people find it? Is it Netflix or it's what? It's on uh, Amazon now. It yeah. used to be on Sci-Fi Channel. Now, okay. now it's, on, it's on Amazon. Good to know. And what is your Twitter handle? Off the door one. All right. Matt, you want to go next? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, this is exciting. Uh, so I've watched a lot of Shit's Creek during lockdown, and uh, so check out check out my um my I keep wanting to do PSG players as Shit's Creek characters on Twitter, and I've got some good ones in my head. So keep an eye out for that one day. Um, but the last <laughs> film I watched, which is in uh, a more serious one, is Parasite, which uh, is a Korean film. It's amazing. Like I watched it like last week, I think, and really, really good. I definitely recommend it. Um, and my Twitter handle is at PSG Tourist. Fantastic. Cosa? Well, my Twitter handle is Cosesinho. And uh, I agree with Matthew. I love Parasite. Uh, but something that I'm want, that I'm binging on right now is a superhero show in a prime video called The Boys. So definitely suggest that. It's pretty interesting the way that they portray their storyline. So 
Excellent. And I'm, as always, at PSG Talk. You can find me everywhere. Um, something that I've been watching, I've been playing a lot of um, PlayStation, you know, FIFA, of course. I play a lot of that. Um, but also um, for culture, you know, we can't just play mindless video games. Um, on CNN here in the States, there's uh, Stanley Tucci's Searching for Italy. And he just goes around to the different regions and, you know, Tuscany and uh, Bologna and all these other places, oh, and, he, yeah. and he eats the food, and it just like it, it's a nice like, escapism, like Bourdain like used to do, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it's um, a oh, poor man's Anthony Bourdain. Well, poor man is sushi, but yeah, yeah, well, he, he's not good. quite as good. But it, it's just beautiful to see rolling countryside and you know hams and cheeses and wine. Yeah, he doesn't love that, so. That's what I've been watching. So hopefully, you know, if you didn't get anything from the first part of the show, hopefully at least you got something uh, to watch now until we record next time. So um, with that, we'll let everyone go. Make sure you check out our social media, um, YouTube, Facebook, all that good stuff. Visit the website. And um, if we don't talk to you before the Barcelona game, we will certainly talk to you after. And uh, who knows what's going to happen. We'll see. We may not even have a site. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we'll catch you guys next time. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye.